0: Welcome to this week's views from the 573 Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well on this Thursday. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about with college football, with NFL, and uh, college football recruiting. Signing day was yesterday. We got to talk about the big flip with Travis Hunter flipping from Florida State to Jackson State. Go play for Dion. That's huge news. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about some of the stuff going on in the NFL, of course, with Urban Meyer being let go late last night. And by late last night, I mean like past midnight. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And of course, bowl season is here. And we got the first couple of bowl games happening tomorrow. So we're going to be talking about some of the bowl games that are going to be happening in the span of this pod to next week's pod. And so on and so forth over the next couple of weeks. So we got about, I think, 12 games to predict here on th- this week. So we're going to be talking about them as uh, as bowl season gets underway tomorrow. We, a couple of the ones tomorrow, the Bahamas Bowl and the Cure Bowl. Uh, Cure Bowl I'm actually interested in, but we got a lot of bowl games to uh, to pick this bowl season. And we, and we got about 12 to, that we're going to pick today. Uh, House cleaning stuff to get out of the way first. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe, follow, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud. Be sure to go follow us on all those platforms and follow the entertainment channel on those platforms as well. We just dropped an entertainment pod on on Monday uh, with Spider-Man predictions. Of course. It, it, the leaks are out. The leaks are out on YouTube, everywhere. So, if you haven't been able to avoid them, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's tough. It's It's been hard myself to avoid all this stuff. But, we're getting closer. I'm seeing it today. I'm super excited about it. I'm seeing it again tomorrow. So, really excited about all that. We For those of us that haven't seen it yet, we won't have to avoid spoilers long. It's only a few more hours. but, Matt, Peter, and Rebecca did a predictions pod on No Way Home, so you can go listen to that on the entertainment channel. Unfortunately, I couldn't be a part of it because of the storms that were happening around the Midwest on Friday night, and with power being knocked out here in my hometown, just had absolutely no power, so I appreciate those three for taking on the podcast and doing it themselves. And uh, really enjoyed what they had to bring and talk about with his, with as far as the No Way Home predictions. And we're going to find out here pretty soon how much of those predictions are true. How much of them are not true. How much of they get wrong. They reference the Infinity War predictions pod we did well, like three, four years ago. And how much of a disaster that was. So we're going to find out here in the next few hours whether this predictions pod was as much of a disaster as the Infinity War pod was. So... Head on over to that channel if you want to check that one out before you go and see the movie. And, of course, me and Peter, we're going to be talking about No Way Home after we see it. We're both seeing it today, 30 minutes apart. Peter's seeing it at 6. I'm seeing it at 6.30. And so, we're going to be seeing it, I assume, a couple more times before we get together and do our reaction pod to No Way Home. Which I presume will be this weekend. So, be on lookout for that early next week. With that dropping, and be wary. Uh, we will go into a lot of spoilers on that podcast, and be on the lookout for that. Also, be on the lookout for a couple other pods. We got Hawkeye finishing up with an explosive episode five, with a uh, with a big with a big episode this past week. With that series wrapping up next week, it's about that time. With no more MCU projects on the horizon, at least for. Next couple months, it's about as good a time as any to sit down, talk about the year that we've had with the MCU, with the shows, with the movies, and do a re ranking of uh, all the MCU properties. So that should be fun. Haven't been able to do that in a while, it's been a couple years, and so I'm looking forward to seeing where some of these projects are going to place in our personal rankings. So be on the lookout for th- uh, those two pods coming up here shortly. And of course with Christmas coming up too. So be on the lookout for those two pods coming out in the meantime. So let's get on to this week's pod and let's start off talking about college football. Let's start with college football recruiting with signing day happening yesterday. Early signing day with, of course, the other signing day taking place in February. And let's talk about a couple of the major storylines. Let's talk about the top classes. In this recruiting class. And it looks a lot like the SEC has cleaned up once again with the top-ranked classes. As right now, Texas A&M has the top-ranked class in all of college football right now. Sitting at number one with Alabama at number two. And Georgia sitting at number three. So Texas A&M. As far as I know, they're still not done. They still got a couple guys that they're hoping to bring in for signing day in February. So, you'll have to see about that. As far as the other teams in the top 10 go, we have Ohio State coming in at 4. Texas coming in at 5. Penn State, Peterson team coming in at number 6. Notre Dame coming in at 7. North Carolina coming in at number 8. Michigan at 9 and Oklahoma at 10. And a couple other kind of like big surprises. Michigan State coming in at 21. Indiana coming in at 20. Uh, Arkansas after having a a nice couple bounce back years here recently. uh, Coming in at number 19. Clemson having a really low ranked class for the first time in what seems to be forever. sitting, Sitting at 17. Kentucky coming in at number 11. And Mizzou coming in at 12. Of course, my team, Tennessee, coming in at 14. And, of course, these rankings are all coming from 247 Sports. I got to say, I'm, again, not surprised that the top three teams are coming from the SEC. A&M is getting a lot of talent coming in to try to compete and go against Bama for the next few years. Of course, they beat him this year. It's been a long time coming for one of Nick Saban's former assistants to go and beat Nick Saban. That happened this year, and that probably helped Jimbo's class a whole lot. And now he's bringing in a lot more guys to come in and help make sure they do it in the next few years to come. Uh, Alabama, what else is new? Coming in with a top three class, uh, coming in at number two, picking up a lot of guys. And then Georgia, coming off their great season this year, coming in at three. And so these three right now are at the top of the class as far as the SEC recruiting rankings are concerned. Of course, the surprise is Kentucky, Mizzou. They picked up a couple five-stars. Mizzou picked up a five-star from in-state, Luther Burden, who's from around up north in Missouri. So that's a huge get for them and bringing in a player that talented. And as far as my team is concerned, they closed out really well. I think, obviously, the season they had really sold some of these recruits on what the future could be at Knoxville under Heupel with a, with their 7-5 record, with how well that offense looked. It had to be enticing to a lot of guys coming out of high school and seeing how much fun that offense was having and how many points they were scoring up. They really closed well. They got a couple of key pass rushers, some Big-time wide receivers, a couple big-time defensive linemen. So really excited for what this class is going to do. And probably the biggest recruit they got was getting Hendon Hooker, who's coming back next year. So I'm excited about that. But as far as signing day, the other big story that we need to talk about is this. Of course, Florida State, who's right now, they're sitting at 13 in, uh, in, in the country right now. They had another five-star in this class. It goes by the name of Travis Hunter, who, if we look at the rankings from 247, as far as their composite and as far as their top, their own personal rankings on their own site, was the number one overall recruit in their rankings. And so this was a big story. Cornerback, big-time cornerback out of Georgia who is committed to Florida State. He goes yesterday, and he goes and flips to Jackson State. Of course, Jackson State is coached by Dion Primetime Sanders. and He's got Jackson State looking good this year. He's got them with an 11-1 and record, and they are playing in a game this week. I don't know if I have it on here, but they are playing in a game this week. I believe it's against South Carolina State. And they have a chance to go 12-1 this year if they win that one celebration bowl. And so, they flipped the number one recruit in the entire country. And like, this is huge. This is massive. you flip somebody who's going to a Power 5 conference that is as prestigious as Florida State is, even though they've been down, and you do that, and let's not throw away the storyline that this is Dion's alma mater. Right here, he did this to his alma mater. You gotta believe there's some Florida State man, Florida State fans that are not happy with with what transpired yesterday. Are not happy, but him going to Jackson State, this is going to be huge. Also, as a defensive back, it makes sense. A defensive back of this caliber being coached by one of the best defensive backs to ever play in the NFL. One of the more electric players to play in the n f l period with with prime time there, and so he's going to be coached by Dion and I think if you're a defensive back, that's really enticing it's really enticing because of all of what i essentially what I just listed off one of the best defensive backs ever played in the game play the game of football, and one of the more electric one of the most exciting players to ever play in the game as well, so to be coached by somebody like that. Who has seen a lot of football. Has played a lot of football in his time. That's got to be beneficial. But also. This is really amazing. Because you get a guy that was committed to a power five school. He's going to an HBCU. Which is absolutely remarkable. And it's the top recruit in the entire country. It's very rare you see something like this happen. Do I think this is going to start a trend? Probably not, but I do think you're probably going to start to see a couple more decide to go the HBCU route. And listen, as far as the NFL is concerned about like, uh, maybe you can't find, you won't be able to find them as well when they get ready to come to the NFL or something like that. I mean, listen, people find prospects from all divisions of football. In the NFL. And if they perform well in combines, senior days, or whatever, all star games, they're gonna take notice of you. They're gonna take notice of you, whether you're playing division two or division three. That's been the way the NFL draft has worked the last few years. You know, I'm sure McShay and Kuyper would probably tell you a couple of the same things that the NFL will find you. They'll find you if you're talented and good enough and as awesome of a player. They'll find you. They'll find you and 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 they'll try to see if, if you're ready to go and make the step up to the pros and just see how well you we can play. And if you can play, you can play. So I'm curious to see how all this is going to work out. But uh, this is obviously huge news. For uh for HBCUs getting somebody like this guy's caliber, who maybe could potentially play on both sides of the football, but as far as him being a defensive back is concerned, there's, I think if you could ask any defensive back who they want to be coached by, Dion would probably have to be near or at the top of that list, considering his pedigree. And so. I'm curious to see how this is all going to work out. I know there's going to be some Florida fa- Florida State fans that are going to be salty about this for a for a long time because I believe at one time before they hired Norvell that they wanted to get Dion as coach. So uh, this is you know how the tables have turned with Florida State with this. They lose one of their best recruits that they've had in a long time, and they lose him to one of the best players that's ever played at their program ever. So, kind of a wild day in the world of college football recruiting there. So, let's move on from college football recruiting. We, got, and we had a couple stuff happen this past week with awards, particularly the Heisman voting. Of course, Bryce Young coming out on top, winning it, making it back-to-back years for Alabama players, winning the Heisman. Aiden Hutchinson coming in at number two was Honestly, pretty shocking. I felt like maybe CJ Stroud maybe had a better chance for or for him to fall behind Bryce Young. But props to Aiden Hutchinson. That's what performing really well in these last two games will do for you. Playing that well against Ohio State and a game of that caliber and then going all out in the Big Ten title game against Iowa. And so props to Bryce Young coming in here First year starting as a sophomore, and completely, he, he blew out some records for Alabama quarterbacks. I, he blew out Mac Jones's record in the SEC championship for most passing yards. So, just it, it was a matter of time. It, it wasn't even a whole lot. It was a year, and so he comes in and do, and does this. And so, Bama fans, they got to be excited about what next year brings if he's already winning the Heisman in a sophomore year and it's only his first year starting in that program so with that being said let's go on into the bowl games it is bowling season everybody it's Matt Mormon's favorite time of the year it's bowling season with 42 bowl games with around 80 teams Matt's favorite time of the year everybody so let's get down to business and let's talk about some of the games that we have going on within this week before we get the next week's pod. So as I said, I think we got t- around 12 games here and yeah, that's did the quick math there. We got 12 games here going from the Bahamas bowl all the way to the armed forces bowl with army and Mizzou. So we got a lot of games to pick here. And so, let's get right on into it. We got the Bahamas Bowl with Middle Tennessee State and Toledo. Of course, I am jealous of these teams because they get to go to the Bahamas and get to go play in a football game there. So, lucky. uh, uh, These two programs are really lucky here. So, what to make of this matchup between the Blue Raiders and the Rockets? Well, right now, NTSU sitting in at 6-6. Six and six, Toledo coming in at 7-5. and five. And Toledo, that, listen, their record could have been a whole lot better than it was. They lost four of its final five contests. Um, they won four of, their final, of its final five contests, but they lost a lot of heartbreaking games this year, losing a lot of one-score games in this season. And they were 0-4 in one-score games. And so, if that does not happen, they are looking at an 11-1 record right here. And possibly a better bowl game. And Toledo, led by a freshman quarterback and Taquan Finn, had a really good finish to his season. MTSU, as far as their quarterbacks are concerned, they've had a lot of trouble losing their number one quarterback, who retired in September. Their number two got hurt in October. And they managed to win two of their last three games to get bowl eligible despite their iffy quarterback play. And so I think all this is lining up to probably say, I am probably going to go and pick Toledo to win this game. Toledo, again, seven and five, had a really good, nice, strong rest of the season. And, but... Being 0-4 in one-score games, that just shows you how competitive they were in in this season. So, I'm going to go with the Toledo Rockets to win the first bowl game of the season and win in the Bahamas. There's no better place to win than in the Bahamas. Next up, we got the Cure bowl, Northern Illinois versus Coastal Carolina. Of course, Northern Illinois won the MAC Championship. So they get to go to this bowl game and face off against a Coastal Carolina team that has been really good here the last couple of seasons. Led by Jamie Chadwell, who's done an excellent job there. Got a lot of interesting prospects at the next level. Grayson McCall, their quarterback, wide receiver. Javion, highly. Tight end, Isaiah Likely, who's probably going to be a one of the top tight ends picked in the draft next year. They got a lot of really good prospects on the up and up in Coastal Carolina with how well they've done these last couple of years. But Northern Illinois, they're no slaps. They they are a good team. They are 9-4. They won the MAC championship. But I think as far as these two teams are concerned, I think I will take Coastal Carolina to win this game. And also, another thing to consider about bowl games, Are some of these star players setting out to get ready for the NFL? That's another thing to consider here. I will take Coastal Carolina to win the Cure Bowl here and take the second bowl game of the season. Next up, we got the Boca Raton Bowl. Down in Boca Raton, Florida, we got Western Kentucky versus Appalachian State. App State, who lost the Sun Belt Championship to Louisiana, to the Raging Cajuns. And then you got Western Kentucky, who lost their conference championship game in Conference USA to UTSA. So both coming off of conference championship losses, you, you know they want to finish the season off on the right foot. Taking a look at the records Western Kentucky, 8 and 5, Appalachian State, 10 and 3. Western Kentucky is a really enticing take here because of how well their offense has played throughout the year. They've been a really explosive offense. But Appalachian State can score, too. Don't get me wrong there. They can score as well. They got a really good defense, too, that's ranked number 16th in the country in efficiency that makes several key stops in big-time moments. So... Western Kentucky's explosive offense is going against a pretty good defense. That's highly, highly thought of around the country. So, give me Appalachian State to stifle the Hilltoppers offense. And give me the Mountaineers. Next up, we got the New Mexico New Mexico Bowl. UTEP sitting at 7-5. At going against Fresno State at 9-3. And taking a more close look at this game, Fresno State is the first superior, te- superior team, but they have lost their head coach, De DeBoer, who's going to Washington to be the next head coach there. And we did say they were going to lose their quarterback, but and he was going to go to Washington, but... It looks like he's going to stay at Fresno State. Jake Hayner, it looks like he's going to go and stay at Fresno State. It'll be interesting to see how well they respond for a bowl game. How uh, if how well they get up for this bowl game. You can probably make the case. UTEP will be more excited to show up in this bowl game. This is their first bowl appearance since 2014. I do think Fresno State... They are the superior team in this case. Their defense is rock solid. They allowed only 16 points in the final two games and shut out Wyoming last month. So, give me the Bulldogs or Fresno State to beat the UTEP Miners in the New Mexico Bowl. So, next up, we got the Independence Bowl with BYU and UAB. Of course, UAB getting their program Back up here in the last couple of seasons, so good on them. Had a really good year coming in at 8-4. They're facing a BYU team that's been really good all season long, coming in at 10-2. And And if you're a BYU fan, just cross your fingers, you're going to be getting some more higher-profile bowl placements as you head off to the Big 12 here in the next few seasons. But they're going to be in Shreveport, Louisiana for this bowl game. And again, UAB, really good team. Coached by Bill Clark. Coming in at 8-4. and four. It's going to be a tough matchup for UAB. No question about it. BYU has taken down some really good teams, including Utah this year. Who has beaten Oregon a couple times. Including in the Pac-12 championship game. So BYU is a really good team this year. They're a really mature team. And they got a lot more players, I think, that can really explode out here on the scene, including their sophomore running back, Tyler Algier. And Hall, coming in at quarterback for BYU, who's had a really good season for him as well. I'm going to take the Cougars, and BYU is going to win the Independence Bowl. Next up, the Lending Tree Bowl. With Eastern Michigan and Liberty both coming in at seven and five, with Hugh Freeze going down to Mobile, Alabama to come in this game, to come coach in this game. Eastern Michigan won three of its final five games to reach its third bowl in six seasons, and Liberty ending the season with three double-digit losses. So both of these teams ended their seasons. Very differently. However, if Liberty's quarterback Malik Willis, who's a top quarterback prospect, decides to play, it's going to be a very it's going to be very tough for Eastern Michigan. Their defense they've had a lot of struggles this year against the pass, and that's what Liberty and Hugh Freeze would like to do. Uh I'm going to go with Liberty here. I'm going to go with Liberty here. Now, if Malik Willis does not play, I think that would give Eastern Michigan the edge. But as far as I know, Willis is going to play, so give me Liberty. And no, I'm not going to make it. give me Liberty or give me death joke. That's something Peter would probably do. Uh, Next up, we got the LA Bowl. Utah State versus Oregon State. Oregon State, pretty good year this year, all things considered. Seven five year, really good year. And Blake Anderson at Utah state, the former Arkansas state coach having a really good year coming in at 10 and three losing or winning their conference championship game over San Diego state. Who's had a really good year as well. So they're coming into this bowl game. Obviously I think Utah state has got to be the favorite here in this game. And this bowl game the it's called the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl which is I mean so this is a weird kind of bowl game name here for Utah State and Oregon State but Oregon State they're bowling for the first time since 2013 so it's been 8 years since they have been in a bowl game they got a really big win over the Pac-12 champion Utah this year but didn't finish the season nearly as well as Utah State did. And again, Utah State, they crushed San Diego State to win its first Mountain West title since 2012. And Blake Anderson has got this Aggies team playing really good football here, down the stretch here. And another factor here in this game, and why I think I'm going with the Utah State here, Oregon's defense isn't that reliable enough. so. I'm taking Utah State here to get 11 wins this year and take down Oregon State to win the LA Bowl. Next up, we got the New Orleans Bowl with Marshall coming in at 7-5 and, and Louisiana coming in at 12-1. Of course, Billy Napier is not coaching in this game as he's off doing his new coaching job at the University of Florida. So you're going to wonder what the vibe is going to be for Louisiana in this game. Of course, their new coach should, uh, who's an in-house replacement, you're you're hopeful there's some continuity there, that there isn't that much of a letdown there. Marshall, they've had a really good season under uh, Charles Huff in his first year, especially on defense. I think I gotta go with Louisiana here. Could there be a little bit of a letdown with not having Napier there and with all the stuff surrounding them? Yes. But I think they are the better team and I think they will overcome Marshall in this game to win the New Orleans Bowl. And it's a de facto home game, it's in state. You don't have to go that far. So give me the Raging Cajuns. Up next, we got Tulsa and Old Dominion both coming in at 6-6, playing in the Myrtle Beach Bowl down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, or close to South Carolina, in Conway, South Carolina. Both these teams did not look all that good by midseason, but they had strong finishes with both their seasons, getting both eligible. And based off reading about these teams, Old Dominion, their defense doesn't force many takeaways. And Tulsa came off its best win of the season over SMU a while back. And I gotta believe Old Dominion has not beaten teams as good as SMU this season. So give me the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes to come in and win the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Next up we have the I, famous Idaho Potato Bowl between the MAC champion in Kent uh, with the MAC uh, runner-up in Kent State and Wyoming coming in at six and six. You gotta believe Kent State's wanting to bounce back after their conference championship loss, and but also you gotta believe Wyoming. They are going to study the game tape. From the MAC Championship to figure out how to slow down Northern Illinois or slow down Kent State and slow down MAC Player of the Year Dustin Crom, the quarterback there at Kent State, and try to figure out what they what can they do to slow them down in this bowl game. Wyoming's defense has had has had a good defense that has showed up more time than not, but the offense is not as consistent, other than in a win over. Utah State in the season. Wyoming, there might be a little bit of a home field advantage there considering it is in Boise, Idaho. So it's a little bit close. But I think Kent State, I think they want a bounce back win here. And I think they got the better team. So give me, Kent State, give me the golden flashes here to win the Idaho Potato Bowl. Next up, we got the Frisco Bowl. Now, Keep that in mind, we got the Frisco Bowl, and we got the Frisco Classic. So two different bowl games with the Frisco involved. And this one should be a fun one. We got Texas Antonio coming in at 12-1, winning their conference championship game. And San Diego State, which we mentioned, got thrashed by Utah State and theirs. So both of them coming off of very different results in those two games. Well, both these teams. If you Utah, Tennessee, Texas, San Antonio, and San Diego State, look at their records combined. That's twenty three and three. That's a those are really good records combined for both of these programs. I am leaning more towards Texas San Antonio to finish a really good season off at thirteen and one. I mean, listen, the the location favors UTSA. Motivation and trying to finish off the season 13-1. There's a lot of stuff going in UTSA's favor. San Diego State, meanwhile, they got to travel all the way to Texas. They had a very bad performance against Utah State. And they're facing a really good defense in San Diego State and have a solid run game led by running back Greg Bell. I think it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for San Diego State. So, give me UTSA to finish the season off 13-1. and And, you know, if they did not have that one loss to close out the regular season, they could have finished off with a 14-0 and record. As of right now, Cincinnati, they're the only undefeated team left in, in the country. And they could have been one of them. Uh, last bowl game we're picking here, the Armed Forces Bowl. Of course we got to have Army in here and they're taking on Missouri who's just come off a really good recruiting class and coming off a solid 6 and 6 season I think if you if you look at this game I think obviously if you're Missouri you got to be worried about the run game of Army Missouri's run defense was absolutely awful To begin the season. Which led to a change in shaking up the staff on the defensive side. But they improved later on during the season. They held South Carolina and Florida to less than 100 yards on the ground. So there's some improvement there. Army though will be a a big test for them with their running game. They rank second nationally in rushing averaging over 300 yards per game. So, honestly, Mizzou's run defense is going to be tested here to see if they can stop it. And other than the Wake Forest loss, Army's defense has been solid this whole year. We'll just have to see if Missouri can be able to attack it with all their SEC speed. And another thing to consider, Army coach Jeff Monken is 3-0 in Dallas area bowl games. And, oh, look at this. This one is in Fort Worth, Texas. And so, I think with it being the Armed Forces Bowl, with it being in the Dallas area, and with their rushing attack, I think this favors Army too much. So, give me the Black Knights to prevail over the Tigers and win the Armed Forces Bowl. So, everybody, that is this week in the bowl season. We'll see how all these games unfold. Again, we got two starting out tomorrow with the Bahamas and Cura Bowl. So be on the lookout for those, and the rest of them are taking place over the course of the next week. And then we'll be back next week, see how we did, and talk about the next slate of bowl games that we're picking. I think next week, I counted up, we're picking around close to 15 bowl games next week. So gear up, everybody, for that. That's going to be a wild one uh, with some pretty good bowl games to talk about next week. So enjoy, enjoy the bowling this week, everybody. Enjoy getting started and uh, get ready for some more bowling later on the next couple of weeks. So changing courses from college football, let's head on over to the NFL. A couple of storylines to keep an eye out through the NFL. One to start out with is you got some people popping up that are testing positive for COVID in the NFL. And also in the NBA as well. Just as of yesterday, you had seventy plus players testing positive in the NFL, thirty plus testing positive in the NBA. And so probably there's gonna be a rehaul and in certain in certain protocols of how things are handled there. So there are gonna be some teams affected. The Browns have been affected, the Rams have been affected. You got a lot of other teams have been affected here by players testing positive for COVID here recently. So that's obviously something to be on the lookout for the rest of the season and for fantasy teams. So keep a close eye on that. And also the big news coming out of last night is Urban Meyer being let go by the Jacksonville Jaguars after one season as the head coach, signing a five-year deal all the way back in January last year, uh, this past year. Is now out and Daryl Bevel is going to be the interim head coach. And want we'll to see what Jacksonville does for a head coach later on during the season. But I think if you're a Jaguars fan, this has got to be disappointing. You had a big time coach coming to coach your team. You got the number one pick. You got one of the best quarterback prospects to come out in a long time. And it just not it just not has it has not worked out for for them this season at all. Uh, I mean, you knew it was probably going to be tough on the field, but off the field, it's been really tough as well. A lot of stuff coming out about what's been going on with Urban Meyer while he's been coaching there at Jacksonville. I mean, it's not been good stuff here recently. Of course, you go all the way back to week four with him, with viral videos and photos emerge of him with a woman that was not his wife up in Ohio. Then you also get reports of saying he called his coaches losers and basically asking them, you know, what if they ever won uh, with their resumes? Had an argument with Marvin Jones, the wide receiver there at Jacksonville, benched James Robinson and only put him back in at the request of their quarterback. And former kicker Josh Lambeau went on the record and said Meyer once kicked him and told him a bunch of. Uh, a lot of crap there and it obviously was not good. And obviously if this is a player other than a kicker, Urban would have been put in this place. And then also, adding the fact that the team is two and 11 and they just got shut out by the times on Sunday. So it's kind of fitting that Urban gets shut out by some one of his, somebody that was at Ohio state once upon a time with Mike Vrabel. So kind of funny there. But this was just a complete disaster for the Jaguars and for Urban Meyer. Not even a full year of him being the head coach there. And I think it was a lot more to take on than Urban realized there coming into the league. And I think he probably quickly realized that. And Jaguars gave him a couple chances, but it's probably the right move going forward. I'm curious to see if any of this stuff that has happened with his time in Jacksonville is going to affect him potentially getting jobs and coaching moving forward. Maybe not. Maybe particularly not in college because people know what he can do in college football. But, I mean, it's still not a good look with some of the stuff that he did here with Jacksonville. I mean, and some of the stuff I just listed was just stuff that's been talked about in the last week or so. So, obviously, it's not been a fun couple weeks to be a Jaguars fan with all this stuff coming off the field. And you just got to wait and see what new coach they're going to bring going forward. So, moving on from that bit of news there. And let's talk about the games this past week and week number 14 with some of these teams playing. Of course, we're going to start with the Thursday night game, Minnesota and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, listen, I thought this game was done. I I believe I was getting ready to watch one of the Spider-Man movies in preparation for No Way Home. So I was like, "Ah, it's whatever. Minnesota is winning this game. They're blowing them out. Pittsburgh comes all the way back. They get this game within striking distance. And uh Chase Claypool, boy, if he if he isn't in the doghouse with Mike Tomlin, oh boy, uh with what he pulled there on late in the fourth quarter, that's definitely gotta hurt the Steelers. And they suffered a loss here by the hands of the Vikings 36 to 28 after having a really good fourth quarter, scoring 21 points. But the Vikings, they held on long enough, they denied. Steelers in the end zone with one last play there at the end. The Vikings hold on and they move to six and seven. So there's your Thursday night game. So let's move on and let's talk about the games on Sunday. And we're going to start off with the with the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns. I went with the Ravens here and obviously we did not foresee what was going to happen with Lamar in this game. And obviously you hope the best for Lamar that he is all good to go going forward. If not Huntley, he's going to ha- have to gear up because he- he's going to be taking some big boy snaps here in a, uh, in games coming up. So Cleveland, they win this game. But they got their own COVID issues that they got to deal with now. So, hey, it's a win-lose week for the Cleveland Browns as they win 24-22 to over a division rival. Next up, Raiders and Chiefs. I thought this was going to be a little bit of a closer game. The Raiders were going to put up points. And this game was going to be competitive. Boy, was I wrong. I think, boy, were a lot of people wrong. Kansas City. Absolutely trashes the Las Vegas Raiders, forty-eight to nine. Mahomes wasn't even the leading passer on the day; Carr beat him out by about five yards. Mahomes though really efficient, twenty to twenty-four, two fifty-eight, and two touchdowns. So no turn- or turnovers coming from him, but he had a couple big plays by the Chiefs' defense. Had a couple of plays by the offense, including their running back Derek Gore. Yeah, Josh Gordon getting in on the action, catching a touchdown pass in this game. And the Chiefs, they just rolled in this game 48 to 9. And so there's that game. Cowboys at Washington. I don't know completely what's up with Dallas Dak. Hasn't looked the same since his injury. The offense hasn't really looked the same at, at all. But the defense has stepped up for Dallas here recently. Micah Parsons, I mean, he's just having an unbelievable rookie season. He's putting himself in play for defensive player of the year with the type of rookie season that he's having here. So, But Dallas, they got off to a really good start. 18-0 lead. But Washington, they found a way back and made it twenty-seven to twenty here, and Dallas just pulls this one out over division rival by seven points. So you, you gotta hope that this Dallas offense picks up here coming into the stretch, and they gotta play a lot of their divisional opponents here the next few games. So that's something to keep an eye on. Next up, Jaguars at Titans. Titans needed to bounce back. And need need a win here coming off the bye. They got some players healthy in this game. They go and shut out the Jags with around four interceptions, three sacks, and completely shutting out the Jaguars' offense here. So, at times, they move on to 9-4, and four, and they got a date with the Steelers next week, which uh, I'm very curious about that. There's not a whole lot of trash talking. Here with me and Peter in in the group chat. So kind of an off week. But that just may be. Because we all got Spider-Man on the mind. If there was no Spider-Man movie coming out this week. That wasn't as hyped as it was. There probably would be a lot more trash talk. In the group chat. But none so far. I may see some coming in later on. In in the week as we get closer to the weekend. To the game. The Titans win there against the Jags. Ending Urban Meyer Sr. there uh, with a 2-11 record there in the NFL. Next up, Giants at Chargers. The Chargers win this game. And they win it 37-21. Justin Herbert having a good day. Throwing for 275 yards and three touchdowns. 23 of 38. Austin Eckler having a pretty good day as well. With 12 carries, 67 yards. And a touchdown, of course, the Giants. No Daniel Jones in this game. We're led by Mike Glennon, who didn't have an awful day. And But the Giants, they tried to make this a little bit more of a closer game than than it was. Scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter. But it was not enough as the Chargers moved to 8-5 and, and win 37-21. Next up, we got the 49ers at Bengals. I went with the Bengals on this one. And San Fran, they win this game in overtime with Garoppolo throwing a touchdown pass to overcome the Bengals in overtime, 26-23. Burrow had another really good day at the office. Garoppolo had a really good day too as well. And uh, George Kittle was just a monster in this game. 13 catches, 151 yards, and a touchdown. In this game. So San Fran. They pull away in overtime. 26 to 23. Next up. Buccaneers at Bill. Buccaneers and Bills. Bills really need this one. I stressed this last week. They really need this one. And in the end. Just could not overcome. Brady. This time. Talk about a tale all this time. The Bills not overcoming Tom Brady. And the Buccaneers win this one in overtime. 33-227. Tom having a really good day. Josh Allen having a pretty good day passing and rushing. The leading rusher on the Bills. Fournette having a really good day for the Buccaneers with a, a touchdown. 47 with a uh, touchdown there with 113 yards, 19 carries. And Chris Godwin, another good day for him. 10 catches, 105 yards. But the Buccaneers, they win in overtime to beat the Bills on a touchdown catch by Rashad Perriman. Yeah, that's right. He he is still in the league. As uh, he catches a 58-yard pass there from Brady to win the game for the Buccaneers. Next up we got the Sunday night game with the Packers and the Bears. The Bears were winning this one pretty early on. They were winning this one in the second quarter. It was 27 to 21 at halftime. Really high-scoring game here in the first half with Justin Fields not looking too bad. They're coming back and starting in this game. But Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just kept their foot on the gas pedal the rest of this game, scoring 24 points to the Bears' three and winning this game 45-30 with Aaron going 29-37, 341, and four touchdowns. And Devontae Adams having himself a game, 10 catches, 121 yards, and two touchdowns, giving the Packers 10 wins this year. I believe one of, the first, no, one of the first few teams that get 10 wins other than the Arizona Cardinals. And so, and that's huge considering nice little transition there going to the Monday night game with the Rams and the Cardinals. With the Rams winning this one, really good bounce back win by the Rams. One they very much needed. And it looks like the Cardinals... Not looking good so far. DeAndre Hopkins is not going to play the rest of the regular season. we we'll to see how he is for the postseason. Tyler ha- having an okay day. 32-49, 383, and two interceptions. No touchdowns for him. Was the leading rusher for the Cardinals as well. Matt Stafford having a really good game here. 23-30, 287, and three touchdowns. Leaning on that running game a little bit more. With Sony Michelle and Cooper Cuphanger, really good day. 13 catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. And the Rams, huge win for them. Pushes them to 9 and 4. Gives them a really huge win over one of the best teams in the league. And also a divisional opponent. It really helps them out in a whole lot of ways. So everybody, that was a week 14 in the books. Let's move on to week 15. We got some interesting games. Coming up this week, we got one tonight. Chiefs and Chargers. Of course, I'm obviously not going to be able to see it due to seeing no way home. But this game should be a fun one. With the Chargers coming off a huge win. Winning 37-21. Kansas City coming off a huge win. And both these teams looking to really try to make a push for that AFC West title right here. As a if the Chargers win this one, this could be a really huge win for them. They could get the 9-5. They can get the jump on KC right here. Kansas City has looked really well here as of recent. And right now, they are the favorite to win in this game. I think this one should be a fun divisional game in the AFC West. I will go and take the Chiefs, though. I will be safe here, and I will go and take Kansas City here. Next up, Raiders at Browns. Browns are dealing with their COVID issues with Baker being put on the COVID list and Stefanski being put on the list. I would have to think this somewhat favors the Raiders with a, a, even though the spike killed last week. I feel like this should probably swing in the way of the Raiders. So, give me, give me Las Vegas. Give me the Raiders here to win this one. Patriots at Colts. A really good game here between the Colts, who are trying to come up in the AFC South race, and the Patriots having a bye week, trying to get their 10th win on the season. And uh, these last two games are on Saturday, so really kind of weird here. We're in that time of the season, everybody. Uh, Indy is actually favored in some regards, and so this could be a big game for Indy—a really good statement win for the Colts. Well, obviously, had to see how the Patriots come off the bye week. Patriots, though, they have been really good on the road, six and zero. You do have to be concerned. You have some guys that are questionable, including your kicker, Nick Folk. Damian Harris is questionable. But I do think the Patriots win this game, and they get their 10th win of the season, and go 7-0 on the road. That's actually, that's really incredible. It's so hard to do in the NFL to go and win on the road. And the fact that they haven't lost yet on the road, really good for them. So give me the Patriots here to go to Indianapolis and get their 10th win of the season. Panthers at Bills. Bills, again, are struggling. The Bills really need this one. Sitting at 7-6, and six, not looking good here these last few games. And they're going against a Carolina team that's not looking too hot here recently. They're coming in at 5-8. and eight. So I think this should set off to be a nice bounce back win. By the Bills. So give me Buffalo here. Washington against the Philadelphia Eagles. Washington, of course, having a close loss last week to the Cowboys. And Philly coming off a, a recent loss here. Uh, both these teams are sitting at 6-7. and seven. And right now, Philly is a big favorite to win this game. Philly does have a couple of guys questionable, including Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders. But who knows if Heineke is going to play. I think he he probably will, but we'll have to see. Right now, Eagles are sitting in at 9. I'm looking at ESPN right now. some cases, around 9.5. So... That That's a really huge favorite for Philadelphia. And You know what? Screw it. I think I'll take. I'll go with the spread here, and I'll take the Eagles to win this one. Tynes at Steelers. I'm actually really curious how this game is going to go. I don't really have a gauge on how this game is going to unfold here. Honestly, I could see either one of these teams winning this game, and I don't have a clue. Uh, right now, the Tynes are coming in as a slight favorite. They might get Bud Dupree back, no less, coming coming back and facing against his former team. How 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 funny that would be. I I honestly have no clue about who to pick in this game because I could see the Steelers definitely winning this one, or I could see the Tynes winning this one if the defense from the Jaguars game shows up. i'll I'll take the titans so you know what i'm actually gonna do a first here on the season with college football and with uh with the nfl so i'm gonna try to find a a coin flip here on the on, on the internet see if i can find a proper one and Let's see. I'm going to make the Titans heads. I'm going to make the Steelers tails. We're going to do best two out of three. All right. So flip one. It looks like it went in favor of the Steelers. Flip number two. It looks like it's in favor of the Titans. And then flip number three. It's in favor of the Titans. So via coin flip on the internet, I'm going with the Titans here to win this game. I'm sure Peter will more than happily root for my team to beat the Steelers and knock out Big Ben once and for all. Uh, Bengals at Broncos. And this is a really interesting game. Both these teams hovering around 7-6. Right now the Broncos look like a favorite. Last couple times I've picked the Bengals or gone with them, they've kind of spurned me here recently. And, you know, I think I'm going to go with Denver. I think I'm going to go with the Broncos here to win at mile high. So, you know, if the Bengals somehow win here, it's another way to screw me over. Seahawks at Rams. Rams coming off a huge win last week. The Seahawks are not completely dead yet. They still have a chance to get into the playoffs here. But I think the Rams have got to be really feeling good, building on some of that confidence from beating – Arizona last week and I think I will go with the Rams to get win number 10 against Seattle next up we got the Sunday night game Saints at Buccaneers Saints have been reeling here as of like they have not gotten a whole lot of stuff going on here I think you gotta go with Tampa Bay here don't don't win this game but it's the visual game. Who knows? Weird things have happened. Uh, I just realized I did not put the Green Bay and Baltimore game here on here. But you know what? Uh, screw it. I'm gonna pick that game anyway as an additional 11th game. So Green Bay and Baltimore again. It depends on if this depends on if Lamar is healthy and is good to go. A lot of stuff to worry about if you're a Ravens fan. So, I'm, I'm worried about Matt for this one. If Lamar was playing in this game, for sure. You knew for sure. I'd give the Ravens a little bit of a chance. But since we don't know if he does play, he might not be 100%. I think you got to go with the Packers here. And then finally, the Sunday night game. The Monday night game. Vikings-Bears-NFC North matchup. The Bears gave the Packers a run for their money last week. Folded in the second half. Vikings had a game against the Steelers last week. Won that game narrowly. Right now, the Bears are are not favored in this game. Vikings are pretty big favorite right now. So give me the Vikings to go on the road against an NFC North opponent and beat the Bears. It's not going to be easy. But I think the Vikings pull it out in the end, so everybody, that is week number fifteen in the n f l wrapped up there, and that'll be it for this pod, so thank you guys for tuning in. hopefully you guys have a lot of fun with the weekend with the bowl games n f l season uh coming into the home stretch here with no way home out. hope you guys enjoyed if you're going out and seeing it. Hope you guys have fun. With everything, I'm excited to go see it tonight. So hopefully we all have fun this week. We're here. The year plus of speculating about this movie will be over here in a minute. So I'm excited to actually talk about this pod. Again, you can listen to me and Peter talk about it. Hopefully on the, on the entertainment pod that we're going to be typing probably Saturday. And coming out on Monday or maybe Sunday night. We'll have to see, but I'm excited to see this movie and excited to talk about it. Hopefully, we'll have a fun experience, all of us will, and watching this movie. So, again, that'll do it for us here. Have a good and safe weekend, everybody. Until next week, we'll talk to you guys next time.